Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, we thank you that the entrance of your word gives light, brings light and gives understanding to the simple. As we have assembled here, we have gathered here, there's only one thing we desire from you, that speak your word to us clearly, individually, and corporately. Let Christ be seen. We want to see Jesus. Lord, reveal Jesus. Holy Spirit, Magister Veritatus, the very teacher of truth. We want you to teach us the truth. Reveal Christ to us. Take us into chambers of your word, which no human being can take us to. Holy Spirit, enlighten the eyes of our understanding that as your word is taught, healings will take place. Deliverances will take place. Captivities will be, will be broken. Chains will be broken. In the mighty name of Jesus, the sinners will be convicted. And Lord, the lost shall be saved. And your name will be glorified. And your people will be edified. Thank you in Jesus' name. And everyone who believes shall amen. amen. Saved by water. Or you can use saved through water. But Genesis chapter 6. Somebody is blessed. Who am I talking about? It is working for you. I said it's working for you. Homologia. The word you speak is the word that works for you. Christians must learn how to speak the word these monitors. Christians must learn how to speak the word. The word you speak is the word that helps you. He said, what does this say? The word, Romans chapter 10, verse 8, the word is near you. In your mouth. The word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, that if you shall confess, that if you shall confess with your mouth, Your mouth is not just for eating. If you use your mouth only for eating, you have abused purpose of creation. One of the main reasons why God gave us our mouth is besides food getting in, is to speak out. So Jesus told them, I think in Matthew chapter 15, that it is not what enters a man that defiles a man, but what comes out of a man, that's what defiles a man. In Matthew chapter, I think chapter 12, verse 36, I suppose, it talks about how, but I say to you that every idle word that men speak, they shall give account of it in the day of judgment. What you say matters. What you say matters. In Mark chapter 11, it talks about the fact that, verse 22, have faith in God. Someone say, have faith in God. Have faith in God. 
Say, have faith in God. So, it talks about have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. And the next verse, that's how the faith plays out. Very interesting. Watch this. Don't take this word for granted. Verse 22. Jesus, Jesus, who said it? Jesus. It's Jesus. He said, this is all he said. One, two, three, four, four ways. Have faith in God. Then he went on to say, why should I have faith in God? Why? For surely I say unto you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed. Okay, that's the saying. That's the saying. Okay, that be removed and be cast into the, but be, uh, be removed and be cast into the sea. Okay, that's the saying. And when you say you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that the things that he's, but I thought you were talking about faith. You said I should have faith in God. Now you are saying, for why should I have faith? Because whoever says to this mountain and believes it, so that tells you he's giving that how faith works. Faith has to do with saying and believing. Or the other way, one believing and saying because it must first first stem out of a heart of belief. If you say it before you are waiting to believe it, no, believe it and say it. So he says that, and you say, but believe it that what is it? What you are saying looks quite worrying. Some of you, when people eavesdrop, if unbelievers are around you and they eavesdrop that your faith confession, they must think you are crazy. Because he says that the thing you are saying makes you, if initially it sends doubts to your mind. What you are saying looks so impossible, the rational human being's reaction is just, no, it can be, it can be, it can be, it can be, it can be. But whilst your mind may send a signal that it can be your heart, but believers in, believes in the heart. Okay, so you don't doubt in your heart, but believe that what the, th- the things you say are coming to pass. Whilst your mind is saying something else, or whilst doubt is coming, you have to choose yes. that you will have faith. Yes. You will believe. So faith is believing and saying. That's why we have faith. You, if you don't say, it's not faith. Faith will speak. Faith will act. The word faith connotes actions. Faith is an action. It's not a state. It's an action. So if you say, I have faith in God, there must be a corresponding action that makes you see, we do not have to hear what you say per se. Or we do not have to hear what you, you say you believe. But when we watch you, we will know whether you have faith in God or not. Because faith can be seen. Bible says blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, verse 20, 46 to 49. Bible says that Jesus was passing. Blind Bartimaeus heard that it was him. Then he started to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on him, on me. And the people who were around him ordered him to, to keep quiet. You see, being a minister or a pastor, it has not got to do with what people say about you is actually who your your work with God. That's right. wow. Wow. So there are people they come to church. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a minister, but they are very empty. Oh. Many warn him that he should keep quiet. Okay, but he cried out all the more. 
when Jesus said, Jesus stopped. He said, oh boy, someone, bring, bring him to me. Those of you who are telling him to keep quiet, you go tell him to come. You, you go tell him to come. And then when he came, Jesus, what, you know what Jesus said? Let's already, um, Jesus, so Jesus said, what do you want me to do? Then he said, um, uh, the blind man, uh, uh, the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I might receive my sight. Look at what Jesus said, verse 52. Then Jesus answered and said, what did you say? Your what? But what did he do for Jesus to define that as faith? It was his actions. They were stopping. He was not Jesus. They stopped. He said, Jesus, defiant. Because you believe that God can help you. So, your faith in God is what determines your faith. powerful a pastor is that plays a major role but that alone it starts the process and even when it comes to a pastor your faith in that man of God that's why you don't have to be entertaining hearing negative things about a pastor it's you who suffer not him that's right that's right that's true but what if he has done something wrong and you'll be dying You'll be dying. Yeah. You'll be dying. You go to the hospital. They are coming to give you a very important injection. Meanwhile, your neighbors have told you that this hospital, the injections they give is only water mixed with acid. <laughs> Meanwhile, that's the only thing that can keep you alive. But it's not water mixed with acid. He said, no, don't come near me, don't me again. You see, the doctors will wonder, what's wrong with you? They may, not, they may think it's a mental health, uh, mental health issue. <laughs> but, <laughs> but because it's the pollution. Some of us, you love to hear negative things about pastors. It's Satan's job. Satan's job. You love it. Oh, but what if, are they gods? Are they God? But God uses them. God uses them. God uses them. No. God, he is not God who use men. That's why you will die. Your faith will help you. Yeah. Bible said, and Jesus in Mark chapter 6, verse 4, he could not do mighty deeds there. Three, let's start from verse 3. Now, he could not do mighty works there except that he laid hands, uh, his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Do you know why he laid hands on the physical people? Two points I want to put from here for you. Laying on of, laying on of hands make a difference. Some of you, if I were you, when it's time for lay, you remove that rig. Let's get access to your head and lay hands. Listen, sir, I believe so much in laying, of, on, laying on of hands. I believe it. Because that's God's way of doing things. No, man, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like people laying their hands on me. I don't like, you see, what you like doesn't matter. Yes. What you like. Because most of the time you don't like to go to work on Monday. <laughs> yes. Most of the time you don't want to pay council tax. <laughs> oh, the pa- yeah. When they give you a parking ticket, say, no, this people, who do you, I don't, I won't pay. <laughs> 
So it's not about what you like. Uh, the earlier you learn that, the better. Life is full of programmings. God has coded things into life, and this is how it works. So Bible says that Jesus couldn't do mighty works. Say mighty works. Mighty works. Many mighty works, except that he laid his hands on a few sick. They needed the laying on of hands, one. And you know, sometimes when you are so sick, you really don't care. Whether it's a carpenter, <laughs> whether it's a mechanic, he just, <laughs> just please heal me. He laid hands on a few sick because the sick people are desperate. That's why I believe that their desperation made them accept him. And he couldn't turn them down. He said, Jesus, please, I know you're a carpenter. And he couldn't turn them down. But the other people, they were sitting down. We know his brother. <laughs> this guy, look at him. Meanwhile, they had just seen in the verse 2, they were wondering, who, where did this guy get these things from? Such, such, that, such mighty works are being done by him. They sell that first, and they choose to disdain that one. I feel like preaching. I feel like preaching. Genesis chapter 6, the story behind this, in Genesis chapter 1, Bible says that and God created and there was a mess and God recreated. And so chapter 1, God created and he, he put man in the garden. Ooh, chapter 2, Bible says that and God made a garden eastward of Eden and, and placed man in the garden which he had made, verse 14. Genesis chapter 2, verse 14, to keep it and dress it and keep it. And he told man that of every tree of the of the, every fruit of the tree in the garden, you may freely eat. And when you read the verse, uh, the previous verse, it says that, and I think, and the tree of life was in the garden too. And God said, you may freely eat of every tree, including the tree of life. Wow. Only one tree said, don't eat that one, which is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, don't eat that one. And chapter 3 comes in. The devil comes on the scene. Chapter 3 says that the serpent, the serpent, say the serpent. The serpent was the, uh, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he's, now that he now is talking about the devil. That he said to the, the woman, listen, when you want to come to church and your girlfriend is telling you something, remember, it is, it is the woman the devil spoke to. <laughs> but I found out that there are a lot of guys, there are a lot of ladies who won't come to church because of their boyfriends. Boyfriends are more dangerous. They trouble more ladies. But, you know, ladies love God. No, no. That's why there are more women in church. If you go to any church and there's no woman, they leave that place. <laughs> Hashtag. Go to any church, there's no woman there. There's something wrong. So, but... So there are most of uh, there are some of you here. You have boyfriends. They are not here. You spend that last night with him. Hey. 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 You spend last night with him. 
I'm going to continue this afternoon. <laughs> Pastor Frank says you are going to continue this afternoon. But one thing I thank God for your life for is that as for your church, you will come. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> At least for that, for something to enter you, it looks like I can feel a concentration. <laughs> I think I have to stand here and preach a little bit. <laughs> How many of you have got boyfriends who don't want to come to church, but you've been coming, and you left them at home, on, in the, on the bed, you got up. <laughs> oh, you lift your hand, okay, I understand. You will say, I understand. But it happens. But many guys who are in church, not too many of them will have girlfriends outside, because the girlfriend will find it easy to follow him. Women are good though, women. That's why if you have a wife, thank God and treat her well. Amen. And make sure you treat your mother very well, but not better than your wife. Don't treat your mother better than your wife. Rebecca and took her into their mother's tent. <laughs> so your mother, as soon as you marry, your mother is a cake. You understand what I mean? Her role in your life as the woman has expired. Now there is, the woman herself has arrived. It doesn't matter how much your mother loves you, how much you love your mother. Can she have this for you? to the woman. So it doesn't mean women are bad. It just means that women are very receptive to spiritual things. So he came and he said, has the, has the Lord really said she didn't eat of every tree? He said, and uh, has the Lord, uh, uh, the beast of the, okay. And then, verse two, the next verse, verse two. Well, I think it's verse one, isn't it? Verse one, quickly. The thing is, shall you, as indeed said, you shall not eat of every. God never said every. He never said every. Okay, he, said, he never said every. He said that eat of every. He said eat of every except this one. He said, has he said don't eat of every? So he just twisted the word slightly. And the woman to look at her answer. We may eat the fruit of the tree of the garden. We, we may. We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. Go to the next verse. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you. Where did the touch one come from? Where did the touch? Sisters, when you are saying it, just say what it is. <laughs> Telling the <a> story. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's, okay, let's, let's, let's fast forward because there's something I need to get your attention to. And because of this, the Bible said that they ate it. And God said, have you eaten what I told you not to eat? They said, Adam said, the woman gave, you gave me, you gave me, she gave me to eat. And the Lord said to the woman, see the trend. When they passed the blame to the woman, they went, went to the woman. Did you eat the tree? And the woman passed the blame to the devil. And God went to the devil and cursed the devil. Mm -hmm. He said, curse be you. Oh, you shall crawl on your belly. That means he used to walk. 
He said, you can crawl on your belly, and all the days of your you shall eat dust. Dust shall that eat. Remember, I told you some time ago, man was created from dust. Okay, the only aspect of a fallen man the devil can have access to is your spirit because the spirit was breathed into by God. By your soul and your body, the devil can eat you. That is why even when you are born again, don't your body trouble you? Don't your feelings trouble you? Some of you are here, your feelings are bothering you. Your, your emotions. Why? Because, because as soon as we ate the tree, the fruit of the tree, Satan checked in. What happened was Satan injected then his nature. Okay, he, he injected an aspect of himself into humanity. Since that time, it became more difficult to do the things of God and it became much easier to do the evil things. So men began to deteriorate. And so in Genesis chapter four, Bible says that it got, it got worse. Cain and Abel, and then Abel, Kill. So Cain killed, first of all, he offered unto God what God has not required. Okay. He went and gave God. That's religion. Religion started. Religion, human culture, human behavior. Now, so the, the injection of Satan's nature into us has progressed and advanced into the, our, our culture. So if, when you read Genesis chapter 4, as I told you, they were making music, they were inventing uh, weapons, they were doing farming, they were creating religion, building cities. They were doing all kinds of things, but it was void of the life of God. So that was the second fall. The first fall affected our spirit, disconnected our spirit from God. Our spirit became insulated, so you can't, you can't receive communication with God. And then the second fall was now the thing went further to pollute our soul. So we began to want to do things our own way. No one should tell us. God has told Cain and Abel how they should offer sacrifice. But Cain disregarded what God has said and went his own way. And so God told him that if you had done what is right, Genesis chapter 4, I think verse 7, if you had done what is right, would you not be accepted? Yeah. Right, so he knew what was right, but he chose to do it his own way. Yeah. So that's the second fall was the soulish fall. But guess what? It wasn't the end. The God, human beings are trapites. Say trapartites. <laughs> means soul, spirit, and body. According to First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-three, he said, "And may the may God sanctify you wholly, soul, spirit, and body." He said, "May the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your your whole spirit, soul, and body." So that means you have a spirit, you have a body. Body, you have a soul and you have a body. So you are not just a body. If you want to marry somebody, don't just look at the body. Don't be moved by hips, lips, and fingertips. I was yesterday I shared some serious things at the prayer meeting. Hey, yesterday. Yesterday. Ha! It was oh sizzling. And yesterday, that, yesterday I spoke about how most of the young ladies we see around, you come to church, you know, you were in the world. Some of you have been in First World War, Second World War, Third World War, <laughs> relationally speaking. Okay, and some of the guys you went out with, you realized that they are very, they are not good. He was going out with you and doing all kinds of stuff. Then you come to church and you find out that, oh, there is Pastor Davis, there is Pastor Frank, there is Pastor Charles, there are, look, at, look at this decent guy, can you write your feet, please? <laughs> So you see, you come to church, you see men nice with all this kind of golden things, and listen, they, 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 he doesn't smoke, do you? He doesn't drink, do you? Um, you, you, 
You don't test women, do you? No. And he doesn't do porn too. You see? So. Church, you see decent guys, nice guys, then suddenly you realize that I think I would like one of these. If I can have a man like this, I'll have peace at home. Yeah. No, don't clap, don't clap. It isn't always true. Because it can be very fiery. But when you get home, you realize that your father is better. His tongue is fake. Not that he, he likes women. No, he doesn't do all those things. But you know that not liking women, not drink, not chasing other women apart from your wife, not drinking, not messing up, it's actually like waking up and brushing your teeth. Yeah. You don't wake up, brush your teeth, and sit at home. It's just a norm. Just that society has gone so negative. When you are doing what is normal, you think you have done well. You haven't done well for not cheating on your wife. You haven't done well. It is common sense. Normal behavior. You haven't done well. We don't have to clap for you and say, you see, in spite of all that, I've been, oh, come on, that is pediatric. It's just, it's just like telling me, I've, I've done well. I, I managed to feed the child two, uh, three, one year old with milk. I've been doing well. So the government should give you an applause award for feeding your child. You are preaching. And no, it's a normal, you see, men, it's normal not to cheat on your wife. It's normal to be gentle towards your wife. It is normal to lead your, your family to church. It is normal common sense behavior. Anything below that belt is a concern. Anyone who is not clapping is a suspect. <laughs> all right, all right, listen, my time, my time, my time. Oh, yesterday I was telling them that don't choose a woman based on how she looks. Because I found that sometimes women will look very, very nice. Can you rise your feet? See the way she's looking yellow, 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 yellow. Come. Come. And some of the ladies in the choir. This doesn't mean anything, no. no. This is just presentation. Yeah. When you go home, this is not what you get. Yeah. <laughs> is it not true? You never get this at home. When you go home, they will remove their <laughs> She will take off. The Bible says beauty. The point I'm making here is that most of us have invested so much on our bodies. But our souls is a mess. Your emotions are very flaky, unstable. You can't sustain any meaningful relationship. You do a powerful job. You look very sophisticated, but there's really not nothing substantial in you to build a stable home. You, you don't know how to talk to women. She don't have regard for women. You sit in your car for your wife to go and buy the things from the shop and carry it, and you even get down to help carry it. You are sitting in your car. It's, a, it's in spite of the fact that you speak in tongues. 
to you thinking that you are a very, very wonderful man. Only to realize that she was living in a, a fool's paradise. You also take her home and thinking that, ah, this woman. You chose her based off your last full moves. Last, 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 last. know that if you are married you realize that right after ministration with your husband or your wife both of you will not be asleep can I have two chairs please quickly then you look at each other's face okay now, get out. we have to go to work now because the whole day how long does it take even if you used to be an ex super babe whatever actor <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen, listen. There are people in church eh, who came from some places. Oh, so that one, too, don't forget when you are choosing. I said something. Was it yesterday or uh, Thursday or Friday? No, Thursday. I said something. That some of you, the way you have lived your life, you are praying, you, you are not a virgin, but you are looking for a, a virgin woman. God will give you a corresponding... <laughs> You are using yourself. You're thinking you get someone unused. No. You may get someone overused. And you can't pass an MOT anymore. So my advice, my advice to the people was that wherever you have, you have arrived, you are stop. Because if you keep digging, you're actually preparing what you are going to get. Bishop Daniel said a story, say, and I said it in church. When was it? Yesterday or the day? We have church every day, so I don't even know when. I said something, say, Bishop Daniel said there was a church brother who was going to get married. And he found one of the sisters, nine sisters, like, any of the choir sisters, can you rise? Okay, you rise. I mean, you come, come just look at woman in the uh, uh, red shoes. Why, why, why won't you want this one? See? Nice, look at look at that. What's it? <laughs> Somebody's a tree of life, can you imagine? <laughs> Me, look. Uh -huh. This So the gentleman <laughs> the gentleman chose and went home. And when he chose, they're preparing for the marriage. And Bishop Dark said. Knowing the girl's history, the lady's history. Bishop Dark said, ah, this lady, she has is been around with different men. And she was, that's her world. No, when you are in the world, it's different. Okay. So we were all in the world. Some of you look very wonderful. Abiza, Ayanapa, you are always there. You, you used to always be there. Morocco, Morocco. You have, some, of, some of us right now, your Facebook pictures. It's powerful. Powerful. So, Bishop said, "Are you sure? Because this lady is is had a third day. So long as relations and sexual activities are concerned, are you sure you you are, you are the the guy is a virgin? So Bishop said, "Are you sure you can handle her? Because I have experience in the past." He said, "Bishop, don't feel sorry for me. I actually feel sorry for her." <laughs> Bishop said, "How?" He said. Bishop, the amount of porn I've watched. 
and the experience I know now. <laughs> it is more than everything she has done in her life. <laughs> Please clap for her for me. So, if you make your choices based on just the human, human senses, you make a mistake. Some of you chose some wonderful people you thought they were wonderful because you're thinking so much of romance and see what is that you, you are in. And secondly, when you get pregnant, if you're a woman, the children will look like him and his family. Oh, it's true. These are the realities of life. It will look like him and his family if the family have uh, big ears. <laughs> Your children will have ears, they can't wear spectacles. <laughs> Genesis. But we have to. The second fall was the soul of man. The third fall was the west. And the third fall was the body. Now body got polluted through um, evil sex with fallen angels, strange spirits, strange spirit. Bible says that, verse, in chapter six, verse three, and then came, verse two and three, it came, when the sons of God, that's talking about fallen angels, they saw that the daughters of men were beautiful. Hey, even angels could tell that girls are fine. So, the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose and they started producing a hybrid. Not a pure human being, it's like a celestial being which has adapted uh, a terrestrial nature and then copulated with a human being. To, but God created human beings for his purpose. So once you now affect the, entire, the human nature, the human being itself, is, the purpose of God is gone. And the Bible talks about how that generation was an evil generation. Look at verse 7. Verse 7. Verse 7. Actually, let's start from verse 6. Verse 6. Verse 6, quickly. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. And he was grieved in his heart. The devil said, hee hee. Look at the next verse. Verse 7. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. Both men and beasts, creeping things and everything. I'm going to destroy. But the verse 8 said, But Noah, in spite of the negative condition of humanity, there was one man. There was a man and his family who were different. Bible calls him a preacher of righteousness. First, second Peter chapter 2, verse 5. A preacher of righteousness. A just man. And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of the eight people. A preacher of righteousness, bringing in the, in the flood uh, on the world of the un ungodly. The people were ungodly, but Noah was righteous and a preacher of righteous. So Bible said, but Noah found grace before God. And so no Noah was, 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 the, was God's solution to that evil age. Noah. I believe there's a Noah here. Our generation is heading towards an abyss. Evil is on the ascendance. Now the kind of evil people can concoct to do is amazing. The heart of man has become acutely wicked. This generation, things that people, very soon, that if all 
kinds of things that we will be hearing on the news happening, and some of the things that we will not be hearing society endorsing and say is fine, it's going to be amazing. It's the human nature. So it hit the spirit, affected the soul, and then ended the body. God said, ah! The earth was so pregnant with evil, the earth itself couldn't sustain it. So God said, I need to wipe everything out. But there was a Noah. Noah. In, this, in the midst of this ungodly generation, there was a man called Noah. And God told Noah, I want you to build an ark. And Noah, he said, build an ark. Verse 9 of Genesis chapter 6, I'm coming to wipe out everything that I've made. Build an ark. You, your, your wife, your sons and their wives, enter it to preserve the generation because this is a righteous generation and God wanted to protect, preserve that righteous generation for his own righteous cause. Listen, when you stay righteous, it pays for your future. Amen. Sometimes people may mock you, people yeah. may not celebrate you, people may look down on you, but that's fine. Yeah. You know when we're in secondary school, we're in university or we're in primary school, when you're doing your assignments well, the failures keep laughing at you. Yeah. They laugh at you. They laugh at you. Some of us have children who go to school and they are doing well and their colleagues are peers are laughing at them on the streets of South London because they are not insulting adults on buses. Right. Because they are not uh, spitting out, out everywhere and attacking their teachers and their friends begin to look down on them. What would you tell your, your child? Don't mind them. Don't join them. Stay focused. Don't mind them. Don't join. And some of us followed some people and you missed out on your education. You follow some people and you, some of you have followed friends out of a good church. Which your future was tied to what God was doing in that church. He said, God, I got that shit out. You have to listen to, you. I don't believe it, it doesn't matter if you don't believe it. But God cannot help you outside of the church. Bible said Peter was put in prison, but prayer was made by the church for him. If God can help you, listen, take your church life very well. Don't be in a church, the man of God over the church you don't respect. It won't help you. The one whose instructions you can't say yes to, forget about saying amen to their prayers. so lucrative for men of God to be attacked in society. Leave it. I'm going to say something to shock some of you. You don't have an idea. Listen, a man of God is supposed in sociological terms to be able to set a standard or be a role model. But that's not why called him. God, God, God called him. God didn't call a man of God to be a, a, a moral icon. He calls a man of God to be a spiritual authority. Yeah. That's where it starts from. Yeah. That's, where, that's why there are a lot of nice, 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 nice priests. Nice, nice verses. Let us pray. Love baby. And kissing babies. But when you are dying, they can't cast out a devil. It takes a spiritual audacity to confront demons. Very important. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Very important. I don't attend a change when the pastor is very young. When the pastor is very young. Anyway, yeah, don't fly on that, on that plane because the pilot is younger than your mother. <laughs> so many, it, it's so, in, it, so naive. So, na- think about it. It's so naive. I, actually, I grew up in Ghana, whether I like it or not, it's just a fact. I grew up in Ghana, okay? And uh, I don't even understand why an African to be talking to me. That tells you your level. That's 
Because you are way behind time. Way behind time. God doesn't choose people based on their skin. No. The earlier you learn that, the, the better. The bear. The bear. All right, listen. I grew up in Africa. And it's, it's, a, it's a society where the elderly, I think, gerontocracy, where you are respected or the elderly rule, that's what right. it means. Right. Uh, uh, theocracy is the rule of God. Gerontocracy is the rule of elders. Uh, uh, democracy is the rule of masses. In Africa, it's, uh, the society is a bit gerontocratic. So if you are, that's when, give me your chair, Pastor Philip. That's when an elderly man will get up in the morning, doesn't have anything doing, doesn't go to work, and he's sitting, and you are a young man, you are passing, hey, you didn't greet, you didn't just see me here. <laughs> you didn't just see me, sister, you didn't greet me. You don't respect. Who is your father? It's very, very, very interesting. And so, when people are going to church, suddenly they project that kind of cultural background that I must be older than the pastor. Who says? I, I, I don't know why people haven't realized that at last three years, last four years, David Cameron was not the oldest person in the country. He wasn't. He wasn't. When Prince William and Harry, when they go to places, you see how seniors bow to them, they salute them. It has not got anything to do with age by, by function. So it's actually an insult to, to your intelligence when you want to relate to people based on their age. But the people are not in your life based on age, but it's based on functions. It's very important. Hallelujah. So, so God chose Noah because Noah was righteous. May I say this? Noah was a man of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, he said that by faith, Noah, being divinely warned, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an act for the saving of his household. This is where I'm going to be ending, so don't forget this. For the saving of his household, he prepared an act. Why? Because he was divinely warned. There are some of us here, God is warning you. Do you know that? One thing I like about God is when he's speaking to you, he will let you know you are the one he's talking to. Yes. If you speak Cantonese, he will come speaking French to you. If you don't understand Mandarin, why would he speak to you in that language? He is, if, if you speak in, if you, in English is your language and you understand English, he will make sure he will speak to you in English, not German. Yes. Why? Because that's the language you understand. Mm. In the same way, when God is talking to you, mm. you will know. Amen. Some of us have already heard God giving you a warning as I spoke. Mm. Noah, when he was divinely warned, he moved with godly fear. Why is it that you are divinely warned but you will not move and you are looking for prayer? When God wants to bless you, he leaves you with an instruction. Yes. Yes. That's how it me. So, Noah will, will move with godly fear to prepare an act to save his household. By which he con- da, 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 da. 
He condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. So one, Noah was a man of righteousness. He was a man who had found grace. Not that uh, uh, God gave him grace, he found grace. All right, and then number three, Noah was, uh, so a man of faith, a man of grace, that's faith, that's what produced the righteousness. But I found out that when he built the ark, it's so important because God, watch this, you don't have to miss it, this is where I'm going. God, now, the, the, the whole idea is that man had fallen, the first fall was bad, but not that so bad, but it was bad. That started everything. And the second fall, the culture of man became very bad. And then the third fall, human, the human nature itself was compromised. So God said, I have to wipe it out. But he found Noah. A generation that will save God's agenda. That God, a generation, that when I talk about the Noah generation, I'm talking about the generation through whom God can continue to, to carry out his economy or carry out his plans. And I believe some of you here, you don't look like it, but you are a Noah generation. Amen. You're a Noah generation. When it comes to the Noah generation, it's not so much about the things in your past. It's so much about the faith in your heart now and how you are willing to work with God for the future. So when the, when the devil points your, your past to you, point his future to him. Because when you work with God, your future is preserved. Noah worked with God. He obeyed God. Build the ark. Watch this. God won't... Say, when I was growing up, my book of Bible stories, what I knew about Noah was Noah was saved from the flood. But really, it's not the whole truth. It's partially true. It's true. God brought, watch this, God brought the flood of judgment on humanity. So the flood was to judge the evil humanity and to wipe them out. And the ark was Noah's only salvation. If he hadn't built the ark, can I tell you something about the ark? In Genesis chapter 6, from verse 14, that was, I, I can't read it, but let me tell you something. The ark had one door and had one window. Interesting. One door. There's only one door. The ark is a, it epitomizes the church. You can't enter the door, the church, from any other door. Jesus, I'm the way, the truth. Jesus is the way to the church, okay? That's one. Then number two, the ark had one window. Very interesting. Dr. David, do you know where the window of the ark was? It's actually, it doesn't look, read it. Uh, verse, verse 15, 16. Can you put it on the screen? Genesis chapter 6. You shall make the window for the ark and you shall finish it, uh, finish it to a cubit from above. From where? and set the door of the ark on the side. So where would the window be? So it doesn't look like a window, it's like a, a sky light. And it was only one window. One window, that big structure, one window at the top. So there's no need to look anywhere, but your relevance to God has everything to do with the revelation you are getting from him. God wants to be, your source of light must be from him. Revelation, and it was Noah's revelation that saved him from the evil yes, generation. Yes, wow. yes, yes, yes. One source of light, it was like yes. a skylight. So for, to allow light from above, not from the side. They don't need to look at what is happening. They just need to focus on their That's revelation it. they are receiving from God. Yeah. 
Some of us get too distracted by what's going on around you. Yeah. Is my friend going to church? He's not going. Okay, me too. I'm not going. Oh. Why? Why? Is my wife going to church? No, he's like, okay, let's live together then. How? You don't do things based on what's going on around you. You do this based on your revelation, understanding, and insight. And so if somebody, let's say a church leader, mm. like Pastor Joe, please can you get a welfare pastor rebukes you. Don't say because of that me, I, 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 let's say the music area. I'm not serving the music again. I'm not serving the music because no, you see, you lack revelation. You are like Noah and you choose to put your window on the side. <laughs> so you are looking at what people are saying. Looking at how people are treating you to determine how you relate to God. You make a mistake. You make a mistake. Even um, uh, your pastor can, in fact, let me digress and say this. If you are a genuine member of a church and your pastor cannot rebuke you, you have to be very concerned. Because you are home, or you are in school, you are uni, and your lecturers can correct you when you are going wrong. It's a serious hashtag. You are home, eight years old, and your father can correct you. Do you know you mess up in life? Your pastor is not supposed to be your friend. It is, it is, see, that's why I'm not looking for any friend from anybody. I don't need your friendship. It's not necessary. You are such a nice person. It would be nice to have you as friend, but it's too late. I don't need it. I have a lot of pastor friends anyway. <laughs> Listen, I'm over 40 years. Eh? I'm over 40 years. That should tell you I've had a lot of friends for 40 years. You pick up friends as you travel. But this one is assignment. It's a, a mission. When you are on assignment, can you imagine a footballer playing? A plane. Hey, hey, and then they pass the ball to him, and then he holds the ball, and then he sees his girlfriend. Hey, hey, hey. After, after, after. <laughs> Have you ever seen a footballer with his phone in his hands before? <laughs> Sometimes learn how to put your phone aside when you are in church. Wow. Wow. The only person I think you should hear from is God. I know a lot of people, especially people who come late, they won't clap for things like this. <laughs> Let me finish this. So Noah, say Noah. Noah. Saved by water. Mm-hmm. Noah, God saved, the salvation Noah enjoyed was in two ways. Number one, he was saved from the judgment of God because he entered the ark. But number two, it isn't just the ark. This is the point. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, well, let's read from verse 19. 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'll finish on this. Ooh, someone is being lifted. Somebody here is blessed. Somebody here is blessed. For who shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. First Peter chapter 3 verse number 20, 19. First right. Peter 3 verse 19. Oh, my Bible. I like to hold my Bible too. First Peter 3 verse 19. It says, but 
by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison. The spirits in prison here, I just want you to understand some, a bit, a bit of, I want to give you a bit of theological explanation. The spirits in prison here is referring to the angels who went into the sons of men and God brought judgment and put them in prison. And so he went to preach to the spirits in prison. Look at, look at the next statement. That will even to verse 20. The spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Those spirits, when God, the mess in the days of Noah, when God's long suffering waited, there are these spirits who were disobedient. And God got them and locked them up. <laughs> because they, what they did was very bad. It's, it caused an immediate reaction from above. Now look at the next, the, 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 sorry, let's continue. Um, long suffering. Whilst, the days of Noah, whilst the ark was, was a preparing, a new King James said, being prepared, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved. How? Wow. A few souls were what? Saved. I know those at the back, you can't see it. Please, sorry about that. Let's read it out loud. Saved. Saved. I can't hear you. Saved by water. Saved by Jesus. No, by water. Saved by faith. By water. What kind of water saving him? He's been saved from the flood. So the water came to save him too. The water came, the flood came to judge the well, the water came to save him. Yeah. What was he, what was he in the midst of those people? He was a righteous man. And he was living in a, an ungodly generation. And the water came to save him from the ungodly generation, from the pollution of the world. Water saves from the pollution of the world. The ark saved him from the judgment. So Jesus Christ saves us from judgment, saves us from sin, saves us from God's righteous anger. But once you are saved, that's not all. That's not all. You will go to heaven. But you're having a lot of issues on earth by virtue of the polluted cultures we find ourselves in. And I said on Thursday or Wednesday, one of them, Wednesday or Thursday, that Bible says that Noah by faith was saved. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7. Noah was saved by faith. He prepared an act to the saving of his, uh, to the saving of his household. Now watch this. Watch this. His household was saved. Noah the ark saved his household from the judgment coming. Which, in another way, that's the water that saved them. Now I'll explain it. Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, work out your own salvation with fear and trust. But how can you work your salvation? How can you can you save yourself? How can you work your salvation? Because Jesus has saved us. That working your salvation with fear and trembling is now you have to begin to live a certain life. The church life. The act life. Living the act life is your responsibility. That's why God told Noah, you build an act. Not I will build. You build an act based on my specifications. So God gave the specification. Listen, the act is a sign of the church life. You can be born again, but if you don't go to church, you begin to mess up. 
Oh, are you trying to say that um, when I go to church, I'll be holy? Yes, it will help you in your, in your journey of holiness. If you stay out of church, Satan will get an advantage over you. If you stay out of church, oh, but nowadays, we, uh, when I go, to, people say things like, nowadays, church is always about money. I don't have time to digress to talk about that one. You don't understand what church is. You don't understand what church is. That's why you are talking the way you are talking. Nowadays, this, nowadays. We have every reason to complain about church which God has made to save us. Most, how many of you since you started coming to church regularly, it has changed a lot about your life? There's one lady who is about to marry. She's, she's here. Her mother came a few days ago. Her mother came to Pastor Awo. He said, you guys, I just wanted to come and say thank you. Because this girl, since she started coming to church, has changed. You, you want to go to church, and then you say, oh, there's a prophet there. I'm just going to see what's going on. And you go, and you have an encounter with Jesus. Yes. But the truth is, the truth is, listen, listen, get up from your chair, sir. Thank you. The truth is, <laughs> the truth is, if you don't continue to go, if you don't stay in the act, you'll be a very cheap victim for the devil. Let me even rephrase it. Let me rephrase. When you say the devil, people think demons. Not that, not that one, but you compromise on your righteous stance. You are not that, that righteous anymore. Because even before church, or even when you are at church, you are struggling with pornography. You are struggling with last issues. Masturbation is, is drowning you. Tell me I'm not speaking the truth. Even when you are in church, you are married, but your, your eyes are on somebody's husband constantly. And it's, 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 see, it's not that you are a bad person, but you just don't know. You just, anytime you see him, you don't know what is wrong with you. It's your human nature will trouble you. But you need spiritual empowerment in your spirit that will affect your soul so that you can have it. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, listen. They didn't leave Egypt. When we were about to leave Egypt, the Israelites, Bible says that God told them, kill a lamb, use the blood, put Genesis, Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, put it on your lamppost for in the night, I'll, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. But when you read the verses before, he said, kill the lamb, use the blood on the doorpost, but the meat, eat it in the house. It wasn't the meat that delivered them from judgment, but they needed the meat to eat to be able to walk out of Egypt. You, you have to be, you need that strength. You need that strength to be able to say no to sin. You are born again, but no, you are struggling. You are born again, but no, you have issues. You are born again, but no, something has an upper hand over your life. And it's not because you are a hypocrite. You are not, but just that you don't have the strength. You don't have the strength. You are, you are, you are worse off when you stay out of church. Yes. You are worse off. The, the more you are in church, the more you are able to stay straight for God. The more you are in the world, the more you are very much like a world because that's where you grew up. That's your worldview. You are not different from the people in the world. The people you see in Tesco, you are the same. It's the same people that go to Tesco. Ask that. We are the same people, boy. The same. 
Are you getting what I'm saying? Learn Habashida Dabatakaya. Learn how to walk with God. This is what it means to live the act life. To live the act life, you have to get involved in church services. Enjoy Christ. And, and get involved in church services. And serve, in other words, serving in God's house. Listen, when you serve in God's house, you're not doing any pastor a favor. I beg you, if that's your reason, try and stop and see if God's work will stop. Where were you when we were having prayer meeting yesterday? Do you think it had an impact on the meeting? No. Where were you when we were praying last uh, 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 Friday? Where were you when we were praying on Thursday? Where were you? No, but we were still enjoying God. You may be doing something with your life meaningful to you, but time will tell what you have invested your life in. Time will tell. Time will tell. You don't need another pastor to be telling you that, oh, God will bless you. God will lead you. God will fight for you. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stay in church. church. That's the ark life. And it will take the ark life to save you from the polluted world. The ark life. Tell someone, I need this ark. They were saved by water. And verse 21, let me finish. Oh, Jesus. Verse 21 of 1 Peter chapter 3. It says that that water symbolizes baptism. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God. Pass through the water. If you are born again and you have not been baptized, you are not living the full Christian life. Say, when Peter preached to them on the day of Pentecost, and Bible said 3,000 people gave their life to Christ. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Verse 40, do you know what Peter told them? Verse 38, Bible said, and they were cut to the heart, verse 37, 38, and they were cut to the heart, pricked to the heart, and they said to Peter, what, bread and bread, what shall we do? And then Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, and blah, 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 it gave them for the promise, verse 30, for the promise is unto you, unto your children. Look at verse 39, verse 40. If you can see the screen, and you don't mind, would you please, let's all read this together. Let's go, let's read it out loud, let's go. Let's go. Exhorting them, saying, be safe. Be safe from. Be safe from. After he told them, be converted and receive the Holy Spirit, with many other words, he exhorted them to be saved from this generation. First generation. You need to be saved from this generation. We need to be saved not only from the judgment of God, but from a polluted generation. And it takes salvation by water. The word, constant use of the word. And first of all, you have to identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ through baptism. I'm not talking about water being sprinkled on your head. You have to go under the water. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 22 and 29, the Bible says that the Israelites, they passed through the Red Sea. 
they passed through. So the children of Israel, put it on the screen, verse 22. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on both sides. 29 says the same thing. But we, we understand it. When you read the Bible, the Old Testament is in pictures, and the New Testament is in explanations. So the New Testament explains the pictures of the Old Testament. If you have just the New Testament, you may not get a full picture. You, and if you have the Old Testament, you will just see pictures and shadows. But if you have the two, you have the explanation of the pictures. And this text in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2, Bible talks about that was a form of baptism. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. They had to go through water. They had to go through water. They left I. Listen, listen. Let me finish. Pharaoh when they ate the, then the blood, wow. judgment came against Egypt. Yes. When they left Egypt, they were not running away from judgment. They were running away from Pharaoh. But Pharaoh said, you are not going anywhere. Come on. Pharaoh said, you are not going anywhere. And they are going. And Pharaoh said, Bible says, when they go to the sea, in Exodus chapter 14, Bible says that they looked and the Egyptians were coming. And they looked, there was the sea. And they were worried. They cried to Moses. And in verse 13 and verse 13, Bible said, Moses said to them, fear not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For these Egyptians you see today, you shall see them again no more. And Moses told them, that go forward. So they started going forward. But Pharaoh was coming. And when they got to the Red Sea, God told Moses, stretch forth your rod. You may think what you have in your hands is not enough to help you. If it is from God, God will fix things up. If it's from God, God will help you. If it's from God, God will sort you out. My God. Bible says that Moses, God told Moses, stretch forth your rod. And Moses took his rod and stretched it. And immediately, the Red Sea parted. And they walked on dry ground. Verse 22. They walked on dry ground. And they walked on dry ground. And the waters were walls. Hallelujah. They walked through it. Watch this. Watch this. They walked through it. And then when they walked through it, the Egyptians also. Bible says that in Hebrews Hebrews chapter 11, verse 29, somewhere there, Bible says the Egyptians are saying to pass through it also, got drowned. Why? Because that water was about to separate them from Egypt. That water was meant to disconnect them. You need to be saved by water. That water had to separate the children of Israel. The judgment, the blood saved them from judgment, but the water saved them from Egypt. Pharaoh was a type of the world. Pharaoh was a type it was a type of Satan, and Egypt was a type of the world. You need the water to save you from the world. You need the water to save you from. Someone shout, save by water. So that's why in First Corinthians it says that they went, they were baptized into Moses through the sea and the cloud. How? When they were going through, it was a form of baptism. What does baptism do? The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 4 and 5, it talks about how when we are baptized, therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised, huh, that death is not the end. From the dead, by the glory of God, even so, someone shout, even so. I can hear you shout, even so. Even so, but the thing is not just the even so. What I like most about this text is we also. Just as Christ was raised, we also will be raised. Kind of what? Raised. Watch this. Just also we should walk what? In newness of life. After 
baptism, something happens in your life. After baptism, something changes in your life. After baptism, you are not that same old person. You and the world, the world's influence cannot grab you so much. And you need to be baptized. You need to be baptized. You need to go through the water. If you're already baptized, start applying it. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your Necessary. Please sit down. Please sit down as I finish. Church, church is not to help a pastor. Satan told you that lie. Because you don't know Jesus. And your, your window is on the wrong side. That's why you lack revelation. People just pass all kinds of comments about church and Satan loves it. They are doing Satan's job. The only thing that God's eyes are on in the world is the church. Your importance has everything to do with your connection to the church. Listen to this. You are saved to be in the church. And when Jesus is coming the second time, the Bible says he's coming for a glorious church. He's not coming for Christians. He's coming for the church. He's coming for the church. Archbishop Duncan Williams made a statement. I just heard it about two weeks ago. It was such a blessing. He says, some of us, we love the church. We claim we love the church. But when we go to heaven, God, Jesus will not be happy with you because he will judge you. Because when you are making your will, you never factor the church in your will. That's what Jesus died for. Bible says, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. And gave himself for the church, not for, for individuals. He gave himself for the church. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. He says that we are many but one body. We are a body, the body of Christ. And he is the head of the body. And we are the body of the head. He is, this whole thing is about Christ. This whole thing is about, some of us, you are, we have allowed Satan to use us successfully to fight against Christ. He said, Saul, Acts chapter 9. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And Saul said, who are you? Acts 9, 5 downwards. Who are you that I'm persecuting? He said, I am Christ, whom you persecuted. He, from, from verse 1, the Bible said he sought authority, letters, and was wreaking havoc on the church, going from city to city to put, arrest them and put them in prison. And one day on his way to Damascus, the Bible says that a light that was above the light of the noonday sun shone on him. He fell down and he, heard, he said, and I heard the voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why persecuted thou me? He said, who are you? How can I touch you powerful like that? He said, you are doing against the church. It's me you are doing. When you read First, First Timothy chapter 1, he says that I persecuted the church beyond measure. I was a blasphemer and a persecutor. He thought he was doing it against the church, but it was Christ. Be careful. The way you are talking about the church, possibly Christ will get involved. Read Acts chapter 20. Verse 26, he said, take heed to yourself and to the flock over which, therefore, verse 28, therefore, take heed to yourself and to the church over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased. Hey, he purchased it all. He bought it. He bought it. Listen, and I didn't want to step on it. Why? Because it's too expensive. I don't want to touch it. And I purchased it, so I don't want to spoil it. And so because I purchased it, she 
the way my eyes are on it, when the keyboard is on, they are doing something and they drop a microphone. I say, hey, look at the way you're turning the mic. Why? Because I purchased it in the same way. Jesus purchased the church with his blood. He purchased the church with his blood. He purchased the church with his blood. If you mess up with the church, he'll mess up with your life. I guarantee you. Listen, if you mess up with the church, Christ will mess up with your life. Try it and see. Bible says, Herod, he was eaten by worms. The first person who persecuted the church vehemently in the Bible, Acts chapter 12, persecuted the church very because he was a king. He was a king. Saul was small. Saul was saved by Herod. He was striped and was eaten by worms. And when you study the, very, the text very carefully, Acts chapter 11, it ends on 20, verse 25, and it continues in chapter, chapter 13. So chapter 12 was not necessary. But we have to bring the story and see that church prayed for Peter and God judged Herod. Can you imagine a great man who was giving speech? And Bible says that he was struck by an angel and he was eaten by worms alive. Because this guy loved to touch the church. Please sit down. Don't ne- never take delight in attacking church. Uh, I didn't like the way the pastor was behaving. The pastor, the church is not for the pastor. God knows how to deal with his employees. Don't insult the intelligence of God. God knows how to deal with his servants. He knows how to deal with his servants. Never join people to attack the church. Uh, it's because he has something to hide. That's why he's, no, no, no. That's okay. Please, go ahead. Go ahead. But unfortunately, you can never claim you didn't know. You can never claim you. To be forewarned is to be forearmed. I don't know why the message went into this direction, but someone's future is being saved. Someone's future is being saved. Live the church life. The church is the modern day act. The church and you, I'm glad to announce to you. I believe when I can, when I look at you, you are the modern day Noah. Amen. You are the modern day Noah. You are the Noah of your family. You are the Noah of your family. You are the Noah of UK. You are the Noah of your society. You are the Noah of your family. From your father's background, you are the Noah. And I prophesy over your life that may you begin to operate under the revelation of heaven. That you will not soil your garments. That you will not mess your testimony. The devil will not snatch away your testimony. The devil will not seal your honor. The devil will not seal your opportunities. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that may God grant you and touch your eyes with eyes sounds. And touch your ears to hear. Touch your eyes to see when he begins to show you. And above all, may he empower you by his spirit. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, say the Lord. May he empower you by his spirit to live the church life. To enjoy Christ. To serve in the church. And to care for the people of the church. And to to live out the salvation, the Christ inside you. That this world will not be able to contaminate you. I bless you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Someone who believes is shouting, living, amen. 
if you are not saved, you are not safe. Because life is dangerous. Life is not under your command. I don't see why I should end this service without giving you an opportunity to say, yes, Lord. Pastor, pray with me because I want to have this bread. It means I want to put all my confidence in him, all my hope in him. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is your genuine desire, just lift up your hand and say this after me. Say it genuinely from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me with your blood. Thank you, Lord, for dying on the cross to save me. From today, I will serve you. I believe in you. I put all my hope in you. I put my faith in you as my Lord and personal Savior. I receive you into my life. I make a vow with you that I will serve you all the days of my life. Satan, get behind me. I don't belong to you. I belong to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. Your word says that you know your sheep and your sheep know your voice. No one can come to you except your father brings him. I pray that let your grace be upon them. Help them to be strong. I pray that the grace of God will come upon you. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you and help you to be a strong Christian. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.